0: Romans chapter 12, and we we'll start there in verse one. The Bible says, "And I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God." Let's open this morning. In a word of prayer, before we get into the preaching of God's word, Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you now again for another new day. We thank you for the sun that's shining, Lord. We thank you that you've brought us here together safely. I pray you bless the preaching of your word, that you open our minds and soften our hearts, Lord God. Let our ears be swift to hear your word this morning, God. I praise you that we can gather here safely, Lord, as a church family, and I pray you And that you accept our worship this morning, Lord, that you strengthen us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, guide us and teach us. And I pray for those that couldn't make it this morning, whether through illness or or their means, Lord, that you bless them and protect them as well, Lord God. Look after Pastor Anita as they travel around the States, Lord, and um, if if pastor is in a church this morning, Lord, which he probably very well may be, then you bless him and help him preach your word as well, God, and protect them. We thank you that you've protected him so long, Lord, over the last um, nearly seven months now, we look forward to when they return um, shortly, Lord. And um, until then, just keep them safe, protect them. And I pray you just bless the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So here, in Romans chapter 12, we see Paul, Paul in his letter here, in his epistle to the church, to the, to the Christians, to the believers in Rome. And we see him here starting off chapter 12 and he lays down a challenge. He lays down a challenge to the church of Rome. The challenge to the Christians at Rome was direct and straight to the point. Paul was not beating around the bush. And one thing you will gather as you study through Paul's epistles and Paul's letters to the various churches and the various books that God used him to write here is that Paul rarely... Uh, beats around the bush. He's normally very direct, very straight to the point. You know, he just, he gets right in there. And here is no different. He's getting right in to his message here. Paul's challenge was simple. Be a better Christian. Be a better Christian. You know, we look here in verse number two, and he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here in this single verse, He's laying down that challenge, he's laying down the cr- challenge to the, to the church here at Rome to be better Christians, to be better than what they currently were. And you know, if there's one thing the world has plenty of today, is self-help books. You know, for those of you that actually are into books and visit bookshops, not something I do very often, I don't really like books that much, unless they're pop-up pictures or something. But for those of you that do go to bookshops, if any of you still go to bookshops, season, water Souls, that kind of thing. You'll often see that the books are categorized these days, different aisles for different things. And without fail, there seems to be more books dedicated towards self-help, helping yourself, getting better with each and every passing month. You know, we just seem to continuously release new books to make us better at different tasks. You know, in the uh, Mm -hmm. IT world, um, in the IT world, you constantly are under pressure to learn new things and to and to better yourself, to get new training, get new skills, be able to do new things, learn new um, learn new abilities and tasks, skills, and it's the same with nearly every aspect of life. You know, all of these books are kind of dedicated to try and make us better at one thing or another. Okay, whether it be Better baking, you know, you can get baking books, baking at home, you know, creating gluten-free meals, that kind of thing. We have some of those books. Um, you know, better, better at computers, better at the internet, digital marketing, social media, pretty much anything and everything that there is a task around, there is self-help books to make us be better at those tasks. And we kind of flock to these books where, you know, we spend a lot of time reading blogs online, that are all geared towards the same thing, to be better at certain tasks. Even when in the Christian space we spend a lot of time reading Christian blogs to understand our Bibles better or to, um, you know, to, to be able to teach better in a Sunday school or to be able to witness better outdoors. It's, it's, it's right across the world. There's just this you know, constant barrage of information, these publications geared towards making us better at something or another. But how often do Christians, do we, in this day and age, how often do we seek to be better Christians? You know, we seem to be very busy seeking to be good at something. We want to be the best at something. In my case, you know, it's photography or computers or IT or whatever. And each, I'm sure you each all have your own areas that you want to excel in. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how often do we choose to want to excel more as being a Christian than excelling at other things available to us in this world. They're not evil. Okay, I'm not saying that there's nothing in this world um, that we're doing, you know, whether it's sports or whether it's computers or whatever our hobbies are. They're not evil. But how much time are we putting towards those things versus how much time we're putting towards um, our Christian walk? How how much effort are we putting in to improve ourselves in these areas of our lives? As opposed to improving the main area of our life, our Christian walk, or walk with God. But you know, thankfully, God has given us the best self-help book. Alright? It's right here. Why? But we have it. We don't need to go looking, we don't need to go looking in shops, or online blogs, or on YouTube channels, for anything better or greater than what God has already given us here. And um, we just need to take the time to study it, to learn from it, and to apply it in our lives. Okay, Hold your place here, Romans 12. And just quickly turn to 2 Timothy 2.15. A portion of scripture that's very familiar. 2 Timothy 2.15. Timothy writes here and he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's a very familiar passage of scripture. In fact, most of us can probably quote it, but I wonder how much of us are actually doing it. Okay. And again, look at the word study. Okay. This implies more than just reading. You know, we often, you know, we, we set up goals and tasks to read through our Bible and read through our Bible, but how much studying are we doing? Okay. If you just, you know, studied, um, a few verses in a month and actually really study them out and came to understand what they mean, what their, what their purpose is, what their intention is who were they for back then and what what are they for in your life right now if we just took the time to study a few verses and get to fully know them we'd be in a better place than just simply reading through chapters upon chapters, you see we're of to study, to learn to learn what it means, to understand it and apply it to our lives turn here to James 122. 1.22 and we'll see what James says again in another very often quoted passage of Scripture. James one twenty two. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Here, another very often quoted portion of scripture, be doers of the word, to 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 apply the Bible in our lives, to live out the Christian life. You know, that's what we're commanded to do. And if we study, like Timothy Timothy had, had, had wrote in his epistle, if we study and understand the Bible, understand what God wants us to do, and then we apply it to our lives, that's that's the key, right? That's what we need to start doing. That's what we should be doing. If we, if we take God's word and study it and understand it and learn it and then apply it to our lives, that's all the self-help we need. Okay, we don't need, we don't need to go looking for any other material or any other books. It's all good for learning. I'm not saying don't read. I'm not saying don't buy books. But I'm just saying that you shouldn't be placing them higher or of more value than the book that you already have. If this is all you had, you've got enough. Okay, you have enough. Everything else is just, um, you know, additional uh, helps if you want to further understand things. But I've come to realize that if you just took the time to study a matter out through the Bible on its own from start to finish, all of the information you need is actually in here. You don't need any other helps, all right? You know, um, the books, the blogs, the videos that we look at, it's just simply somebody else that has taken the time to look in the Bible and come to the conclusion that the Bible gives you and then is representing that for you. That's basically what it is. You know, when we're, when when teachers are teaching, a lot of the times they're not coming up with this stuff on their own. Okay, they're looking at the source material, they're repackaging it, making it maybe more presentable and in an easier to digest way, taking away some of the hard words, for example, that our King James Bible uses. But at the end of the day, when you when you when you strip all that back, the information was in the source, the source material. We have that, so we don't need anything else. We just need to spend time in this book. We need to spend time on what God has given to us. And here in this single verse, in Romans 12, chapter 2, we see that God, through Paul, has given us, Christians, just like he did back here, the believers, three simple steps for being better Christians. Is it that simple? Yes, it is. It's just three simple steps. And by following and applying these steps in our life, steps in your life you'll be better equipped to handle and to live in this world okay which is stained by sin as we know it's a difficult place to live in you know as a christian it shouldn't be very easy to live in okay if you're if you're going the direction that god wants you to go if you're going uh, to where god wants you to be you're going to come upon resistance all right you're going to come upon um, obstacles you know the world is trying to grab onto you you know people are going to Try to pull you back or try to push against you. Um, you know, it's like a good workout. You know, if there's no resistance, it's not it's not working. You're not you're not really doing anything. And it's the same thing with the Christian life. If we're going through and sailing through life and nothing's opposing us and if everything's hunky dory, we'd have to look at ourselves and go, "Are we really going where God wants us to go?" Because we've seen time and time again, Jesus has said, "You know, um, um, you know those those you know those who follow Him, those who." Uh, become his disciples, those who really want to be and go where Jesus is going, we're going to suffer persecution. Okay, We're going to come across some difficult things. Now, we're not coming across the persecution that other Christians in the world are coming across, but still, there should be something in our lives, whether it's people, jobs, workplaces, whatever, there's probably something that's going to push against you um, when you're moving forward from God. But, by... Learning and by understanding and following these three simple steps, we'll be better equipped to handle that and to live and to go through this world and still go forward for God. You know, it will make us better vessels for God's use. You know, um, like any uh, like any tradesman or person working with tools, you know, he needs the right tools for the right job, and he needs the tools to be in good conditions and the tools to be fit for purpose. You know, there's no there's no it's no good having a rusty saw. You know, you need a sharp saw to cut wood. And it's the same thing with God. He needs Christians to be sharp. He needs us to be good vessels and to be tools fit for his use. You know, we, if we apply these steps in our life, these three simple steps that Paul is talking about here, we'll be better testimonies for Christ. We will be a better representation of Christ. When people look at us, they will see us being more like him. And we'll also be better members in our families, in our relationships with people, and even um, in our relationship with each other in the church here. If we just apply uh, these three simple things, these three simple steps in our life. And, you know, understanding and applying these three simple steps in your life, you know, it will absolutely 100% guarantee that you'll be better at being the person that Christ wants you to be. It's an absolute guarantee. There is no denying this. So let's look this morning very quickly at these three simple steps. These three simple steps to being a better Christian that Paul has laid out in this challenge here to the Church of Rome. Look there in verse two, and look at what Paul says. He says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can see here the first the first simple step Being a better Christian is don't be like the world. Don't be like the world. We are commanded to not conform to this world. To conform means to resemble, to agree with or to be make, to be make an agreement with, to comply or yield, to live or act according to or to obey. So you get the idea when the word conformed is used here, it's meaning it's, it's, it's a command for us not to be like the world. It's a command for us not to resemble the world, or not to make ourselves like the world, not to live or act as the world does. You know, when it, when, when it says the world, what's it talking about? It? It's talking about the unsaved people. It's talking about those who are away from God. That is the world. Okay, those who are away from God, and it doesn't matter what country they're in, or what nationality they are, or what religion. And they attend or what they believe in or what they think they don't believe in. It doesn't matter. They are the world. Okay. They are those who are away from God. If we are in Christ, we are not in the world. We are supposed to be in Christ. You can see there's a, there's a, there's a clear, there's a clear breakdown there of people. You're either in Christ or you're in the world. And we are, com- we are commanded to not be or to make ourselves be like the world. Okay. And if we're, if we're commanded not to be like the world, then it's safe to assume that we're commanded to be like Christ. If we're choosing to resemble someone, we're supposed to resemble Christ. If we're supposed to agree with someone, we're supposed to agree with Christ. Okay? If we're supposed to obey and comply and yield to, who's that supposed to be? The world? No, it's Christ. It's supposed to be Christ. You see, it's a, it's a, it's a choice, it's a decision. That we have to make, but we are commanded to make that decision. We are commanded to not conform to this world. We shouldn't resemble them. We shouldn't want to resemble the world. You know, how often do we find ourselves worrying about what the world thinks? You know, isn't that something, it's it's something that I struggle with at times. Maybe it's insecurity. I don't know. The world wants to tell me that it's insecurity. You know, I think it's just human nature. Okay? We worry too much about what others think. We worry too much about external appearances. Isn't that what we spend so much time in the morning doing, looking at our external appearance? John the Baptist didn't care too much about his external appearance. Apparently, from the Bible, he only cared about um, his purpose, being the forerunner, being the, the person that would come before Jesus. That that's all he cared about. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't care about our appearance. Okay, you know, it's, it's a good thing. You know, we should, you know, look after ourselves a little bit. But you know, we you know when we when we choose to look after ourselves, are we just making ourselves presentable, you know, because we should, and because it honors God to be somewhat clean and you know nice? If if anything else is looking out for those around us, you know, you know cleanliness and all that kind of thing, or are we worrying about the way we look and the apparel we're putting on ourselves and the way we're styling ourselves because we want to look like them? Because we want to look like that person on TV or that person that I, you know, you know, seem to care a lot about, you know, they become idols, don't they? And we want to become like our idols, just like we see time and time again. The people of Israel did that once they left Egypt. You know, they were free, and not long after being free, they wanted to, you know, play with idols again. They wanted to, um, you know, worship the creature instead of the Creator. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful. That we're not falling into that trap. That we are going through our life wanting to resemble the world or wanting to agree with what the world says or to comply and to yield with the world because that's what the majority does. Alright, isn't it the same with every hot topic that comes along, you know, in the voting or elections or referendums and this, that and the other? You know, it's all it's all that pressure to conform. You know, the rest of the world might want abortion to be okay. And that's the pressure that's going to come upon Christians is just go with the flow. But you know, we're, we're commanded to not go with the flow. We're commanded to resist that. We're commanded to not conform to that, not to resemble that. You know, we might get mocked and we might get ridiculed and persecuted, but we should expect it anyway, right? Jesus told us that would happen. And again, that's, that's that same thing, right? If we're going through the Christian life and not meeting resistance, we're probably not doing the christian life right okay we're not we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing we need to make sure that you know the way the world lives and acts what you know people that are away from god whether through ignorance or will or willingness whatever way they deem to act whatever way they deem to be right we have to question that and we have to find out well what does god say about that and if it is contrary to god and if it's wrong in god's eyes then we need to not conform to that way of acting we need to not conform to that way of living we need to resist that right we can't be like that and it's a choice it comes down to choice no one is ever forced to um live a certain way it's choices you know and we all have those choices to make each and every day we need to choose to live the way god wants us to live or to live the way the world wants us to live to be conformable to the world but we're trying not to do that. Okay? So this first simple step to being a very Christian is just simply not be like the world. Not be like the world. You know, it's a simple thing, but yet we make it difficult. We make it difficult because we don't want to do it. Alright? You know, it's it's not it's not difficult. Okay? It's just that we don't want to do it. When we when you strip away everything, you know, we can take away the excuses, the pressures of the world, and my family members don't want this and you know workplace doesn't want that and the job wants this and my friends want this when we strip all that away it comes down to us we don't want to do it we don't want to put in the effort to not be like the world because it's easier just to fit in it's easier to go with the flow right you know it's very hard for salmons swimming upstream but yet they do it anyway because it's programmed into them they just do it right but yet we don't want to go against the flow you know humans we want to go with the flow because it's easier for the current to carry us along with it. We don't have to put in any effort to swim against it. And so we need to look at ourselves and understand that this really is a simple step. And we need to, we need to choose and want to be able to do it. We want to be able to, um, you know, obey what has been commanded to us here, which is just simply don't be like the world. Be like Christ. You know, some aspects of our life that should not resemble the world. Our beliefs, what we believe in, you know, our faith. You know, there's lots of people in the world with different beliefs. Many, in fact, there's probably more faith systems, there's more belief structures in the world than anything else. Okay, if you were to look at, if you were to break down um, all the books and information in the world and categorize them into different categories, you know, beliefs and religion and faith systems would take up most of that. Okay, most of the information in the world would be split in that category. There are so much different belief structures. You know, the world believes all sorts of things. You know, there's, you've got the Catholic Church and what they believe in. You've got the Mormons. You've got Jehovah Witnesses. You've got atheists who think they don't believe in anything, but yet they do believe in something. Um, you've got evolutionists. You've got naturalists. All these different, different ways of viewing the world and believing in different things. But we're not supposed to resemble that. You know, we're supposed to have a belief in something else. Exactly what God has told us to believe in right here. We're supposed to believe in Jesus. We're supposed to believe in what he did for us on the cross. We're supposed to believe that he died, was buried three days and rose again, according to the scriptures. We're supposed to believe that we are sinners and that we needed to be saved. And that's why Jesus came. Okay, We were not elected. We were not chosen. We were not um, picked out amongst a few We were sinners and God to come to save all of us and we've extended that gift of grace and we just need to accept it. So we've got, you know, a belief system which is based on the Bible, not on any one person, not on me or, you know, my individual beliefs. It's what God says here. That's what we're supposed to believe in. And our belief system, you know, what we believe in, the Word here, the Bible, it should be different. It should not resemble the world. It should stand out. It should be contrary to the world. If there's any part of the Bible that is matching the world's beliefs, then we've got our conclusions wrong. You know, the Bible stands alone. It's going in the opposite direction from the world. What about our appearance? You know, our appearance. Should our appearance resemble the world? You know, the world the way the world wants us to look. You know, there's nothing wrong with the latest fashions and clothes and you know, the latest night runners or football boots or whatever. But is that really our focus? You know, should we be worrying too much about the latest footwear or the latest jackets or clothes or whatever? You know, we shouldn't be worrying about that. You know, our parents should just be whatever, whatever, whatever way each and every one of us has been convicted to, um, you know, to see and to, and to, and to understand, well, what, what is acceptable to God? You know, now I can't tell you, each and every one of you, what that is. That's a conviction each and every single person wants to make. I know people that wear suits all, all week. I'm nothing wrong with that. I don't like that. Okay, I wore suits every day for two and a half years and I was selling. I got sick of it. Okay, You don't have to wear a suit. You do not you have to wear a suit to worship God. Okay, Abraham didn't wear a suit. <laughs> all right, Jesus wasn't wearing suits. Okay, It's the convictions you make yourself between you and God. It's your walk with God. Whatever you think is right with God, then that's then that's between you and Him. No one else is going to be judged based on your walk with God. You will be judged based on your walk with God. So if you're wearing if you're wearing clothes or, or dressing a certain way, who am I to judge? You know? God will judge that. But you need to you need to be real with God. You need to find take, you know, examine yourself and go, well, is this really, you know, the way the way I'm dressing or what or you know, where I'm putting my focus, is that really Pleasing to God, it's not a question I can answer, but it's something that you can that you can ask yourselves, spend time with God, and figure that out. But needless to say, your appearance should not resemble the world's. You know, people should see something different in you. What about our thoughts? Turn quickly there to Proverbs twenty three seven. Again, hold your place here in Romans. But turn to Proverbs twenty three seven. Proverbs 23, 7. The Bible says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What's it saying? How you think, you know, your thoughts, how you think, will determine how you live. You know, how you think is who you are. All right, that's what the Bible is saying. If we think it is okay to live a certain way, then guess what? That's how you live. Alright? It's it's our thoughts and our thoughts, how we think, what we think is right and wrong, what we think we should do, what we think is okay, um whatever the thought is, how whatever goes through our minds, it shouldn't resemble the world. You know, the what the world spends their time thinking about money, success, um, you know, property, power, riches, wealth, you know, all these things we shouldn't be spending our time focused on that. It's not what God wants. We should spend our time focusing and thinking about what God wants, you know, and what does God want us to think. You know, we should be thinking about things like, you know, are we doing right by our families? You know, are we doing right by our Christian brothers and sisters? Are we being kind and tender-hearted towards brothers and sisters that God has commanded us to be? Are we being fast and are, are we thinking and constantly thinking about forgiveness and forgiving um, of others, like God has has commanded us to be? Are we thinking about how to be kind towards complete other strangers? Again, Jesus commanded that too. You know, our thoughts should not resemble the world. We should we should have a different thought life. We should be thinking and focusing our minds on things that are pleasing towards God, things that will help us in our Christian life. You know, we should be thinking about souls. We should be thinking about people. You know, when we look, you know, when 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 the world looks at people, they might see opportunities, or they might see business ventures, or they might see people they don't like or people they like. When we look at people, we should see souls, right? We should see a need. We should see that they need Christ. So our thoughts should be very different from that of the world. It should, our, our our thought, or our mind. Our mindset, the way we view things, should be very different from the world. What about our communication and our behavior? How we act in this world, how we act towards others, that should also be different from the world. Right? It shouldn't resemble the world's way um, of doing things. Turn there to First 1 Corinthians 15.33. Look what Paul says here. First 1 Corinthians 15.33 Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. It's not just talking about words out of your mouth, but it's actually your very way of behaving, your very way of acting towards others. the The way we relate to others, the way we communicate, the way we behave or act, towards, you know, our friends or family or just random strangers in in, 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 in our communities, it should reflect how Christ wants us to act. It should reflect how God wants us to act and not how the world is acting. You know, if we just blend in to everyone else in the world, then we're conforming to that world, aren't we? We're making ourselves to be like them. We're choosing to go with the flow. You know, our communication, how we talk, How we behave towards others should be different. It should not resemble the world. You know, the Bible says that we should be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to um, wrath. Which is which is an exact contradiction and an an exact opposite to the world. The world is very slow to hear anything. Okay, the world is very bad at listening, and yet they're very swift to be angry and very swift to speak up. So you can see where it. You know, if we find ourselves like that, if we find ourselves being very angry all the time, being very fast to being angry, and being very fast to give our opinions, but yet being very slow to listen, then we're not doing what God wants us to do, right? And we're actually conforming to the world, we're being like the world, and not being like um, what God wants us to be. And you know, you'll never get far, we'll never get far, in the Christian life, if we're still trying to be like the world. You know, if we're still... if If we're still... Um, choosing to be like the world, to resemble the world, to conform to the world, we're going to we're going to be very slow in our Christian walk. We're going to be hitting that first hurdle. Right? It's like a it's like it's like the horse riding with the hurdles, or the or the the runners who are who are running towards these hurdles. They need to kind of see them in the distance and jump and clear them. Right? Well, we can see this hurdle in the distance. We can see that being like the world is a hurdle, and we need to choose to jump over that. Right? We need to choose get past that hurdle and we do so by choosing not to be like it. Okay, We cannot be like the world. If we're choosing to resemble the world, if we're choosing to be like the world then we are not going to get far in our Christian life. We're going to be stumbling and we're going we're to we're hold ourselves back from being the person that Christ wants us to be. So the first simple step there was don't be like the world. Seems kinda simple enough to me. But as I said we choose to make it difficult. We choose to uh, complicate things. Look there in Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 2, and we'll see what Paul has to say in relation to the second step. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can see here, Paul follows on the first step, which is don't be like the world, by the second step, which is renew your mind. We are commanded to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we get transformed? We need to renew our mind. Our brains and minds are super storage units, they're like computers that can store a lot of data, they store a lot of thought. Everything we think gets stored if we deem it important enough. And it happens automatically. You know, we don't, we don't even have to tell our brain to do it. We just we just think on something and if we think on it hard enough it gets burnt onto those memory banks in our brains and we have able to recall it whenever we want. Isn't that what we do when we're memorising verses? We're writing it onto our brain so that we can recall it whenever we want. And as good as this utility that God has given us is, we also suffer from that sometimes because a lot of the data that we choose to keep is, a, is, is mostly rubbish and, and, and corrupted. You know, I did not get saved you know, until I was in my 20s, so I had 20-something years. Of lots of garbage floating around in my mind, okay, and that's what God is saying here. That's what Paul is saying here: is that we need to renew our minds. To renew means to make new again, to repair, to renovate, you know. And this, this, this second simple step to being a better Christian is just simply to cleanse our minds, to, to, just like a computer wiping out the memory banks and to start again. That's what needs to happen in each in every one of our minds, you know, just like. You know, just like an old, an old deteriorating building needs to be renovated and to be restored and to be repaired, so too does our minds, our thoughts. Some things that everybody needs to repair and renovate in their own minds: how we view the world, sin, and God. Before I was saved, I had a very different view of the world, and I had a very different view of sin, and I certainly had a very different view of God. So I need to change how I view those things. I need to view the world like God views the world. And I need to view sin like God views sin. You know, I had to change the way I thought about these things. I had to, I had to, I had to dump out the old thoughts about these things and put in new thoughts, from where, from the Bible, what, going by what God wants me to know. You know, what we view as right and wrong needs to be changed. Again, before I was saved things I viewed as right and wrong, you know, that that moral kind of compass, that moral lines that I created in my own life, they were created by me. Or what the world taught me to create. They said, this is right and this is wrong. Well, the world said it, must be right. But we have to change that. You know, Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto those who call evil good and good evil. So, you know, I was going through my life thinking one way, going, well, this is good and this is evil. And when God says, get rid of that, this is good and this is evil, according to as I determined, not as according to as the world determined. So we need to renew our minds, we need to change the way we view right and wrong. And we need to change our minds as to what we value and what we love in life. You know, quite often the world goes on loving money and loving success and riches and wealth and power and all these things. You know, that's not what we're meant to value. We're meant to value, value different things. We should be valuing souls. We should be valuing the Bible. We should be valuing that we have the Word of God in our hands quite clearly. We should be valuing that we can meet together safely without any persecution at least at this moment in time. You know, we should value people in our life that God has brought into um, our lives to help us. You know, people in this church or people in our extended families, you, you know who they are. There's people that God has brought in to your lives there to help you. You know, quite often the world does not view or look at people that way. They do not place the same value on people in their lives. You know, whereas we should. God has brought those people into our lives for a specific reason. Sometimes they might be pointing out problems in our lives, but that is for our betterment, right? So we should be valuing and loving things differently than the world and we need to renew our mind, we need to change our mind about that. And you know, just like it'll be very difficult for a Christian to move forward in their Christian life if they're being like the world, it'll be very difficult for us to think like Christ and to act like Christ. If we're still thinking how the world thinks. Okay, if we're if our minds are still focused and still working on the blueprint that the world put into into us as we were growing up, well then we're going to be going down the wrong paths. We're going to be going about our Christian life the wrong ways, because we're going to make the wrong decisions based on the wrong information. We need to renew our minds. We need to restore it to renovate it to make it new again. And let's look here finally at the third simple step that Paul laid out in this challenge here to the Church of Rome, for being better Christians. Look there again at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's the first two simple steps, right? Don't be like this world and renew or or repair or to, uh, you know, keep clean your mind. And here's the third simple step that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the third and final simple step to being a better Christian is to simply find out God's will for your life. To find out God's will for your life. We are commanded to prove what God's will is for our life. You know, to prove is is just quite simply the test to examine, to determine. You know, every soul is unique, and God has unique plans for each soul. That means he's got unique plans for each and every one of you. He has plans for me," he said to Jeremiah. Before he was even born, before I, before I um, formed in the belly, I knew the Jeremiah. So I had a plan, and God has a plan for us. God has a plan for you. It is His will, and this, 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 this plan for God's life, or this God's plan for your life. You know, I can't tell you what that is. You know, um, that's something you need to search out yourselves. That's why Paul says here to prove to test, to examine. So how do you find out what God's will for your life is? By testing. Testing through trial and error. Try something. You know, Do you think that you're supposed to do this? Try it. You know, do you think that you need to be a Sunday school teacher? Try it. Do you, think you need to be, do you think you're supposed to be the best soul winner to ever walk the planet? Go and try it. You know, try it. See what God wants you to do. If you're sitting down at home, you're never going to find God's will. You need to get out get up and go, do something. You know, God says you know, Jesus said before before he left he gave the Great Commission to the church, right? To the to his apostles, he said, Go. There was the plan to go, to get up and uh, do something. And God has a certain plan, a certain will for all of our lives. He's given us all different skills and abilities and talents. You are very different than me and I'm very different than you. God will use me in ways that he might not use you in. You know, it's it's how he's made us. But the only way we want to find out where we fit into God's plan and, and, and what God wants us to do with our lives is to just simply go out and try things. Go out and do something for God and see how you get on. You know, s- you know test it, examine it, find out. You know, there's, there, there's, there's, there's three undeniable facts about God's will. These are undeniable. You can't argue about them. And Paul has listed them out quite plainly here. The first one is that God's will is always good for you. See that he says? That you may prove what is that good. Okay, so God's will is always good for you. The second fact is that it's always acceptable and should be accepted. He says that here as well. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. You see that? And the third thing is that it's, God's will is perfect in every way for you. Okay, that's what Paul says here as well. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, God's will is always good for you. God's plan is always good for us. All right. God doesn't. God did not sit down and come up with a plan that was going to be bad for you. Okay, it's good for you and it's acceptable, meaning that it is easy to accept and it should be accepted. Again, you know, a lot of the time we are the we are the, the the we are our own stumbling block. We are our own hurdle to God's will in our life. We choose to make it difficult, whereas God is saying that it's very acceptable and it should be accepted, and it's also perfect. You can, God's plan for your life, God's will for your life is the best thing available to you. You know, the world cannot give you anything better than this. You know, we can go through the world striving for discovering our destinies and figuring out, you know, you know, how to unleash our full potential and all these things. It's not gonna matter and it's not gonna it's not gonna trump God's plan for your life. Okay. God's will for your life is perfect. It is, is the thing that we should be striving to know and understand. And we'll find it out. We'll determine what God's will for our life is by simply testing and, and, and trying different things. Try doing something for God and see how you get on. You know, you'll never know God's will for your life if you're still trying to be like the world and have not renewed your mind. I can see the way Paul listed out these three simple steps here. And be not conformed to this world. Okay, that's the first part. Don't be like this world. That's something you have to do. That's a decision you have to con- consciously make and determine you have to choose not to be like this world secondly but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so we need you need to also choose to be transformed or to allow yourself to be transformed by renewing your mind by changing and cleansing your mind getting rid of what you thought about about things and putting in what god is telling you to think about things and if you do those if you do those two simple steps then you can Prove or test or determine what God's will for your life is, but if you haven't done the first two, if you're if you're too busy trying to be like the world and conform into the world, and you haven't renewed your mind, then you're not going to be able to determine what God's will for your life is. You know, God's got that's what Paul's saying here is that if you want to be able to prove or determine what God's will for your life is, you need to first choose not to be like the world, because if you're following the world, you're not going to be able to see what God wants you to do in your life, and if you're if you're still working on the old brain patterns, the old thoughts, the old way of thinking, then again, you're not going to be able to handle the thoughts that God wants you to give, right? You're not going to be able to handle the the, the, the challenges or the, or the tasks that God is trying to put in your life because you're going to be thinking and going about them the wrong way. So we need to renew our minds. And then once we do that, we can determine and prove or test what God's will for our life is. And if we just do those three simple things, and they are three simple steps... But we just make them very difficult. We make we overcomplicate them. Okay, these these are quite simple steps, but we make them very difficult. If we just do these, if we understand these three simple steps and then apply them to our lives, we do them, we actually live them out in our life, then we will be better Christians. We'll be able to get to a place that you know, we'll be able to get to the place where Christ wants you to be. Okay, this is this is how we get there. Okay, this is how we get to where Christ wants us to be. So in conclusion, this morning, you know, when you look at this, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge that Paul has laid out the Church of Rome, and this challenge is, is is for us today as well. This is for Christians. This is not for the last world. This is for Christians. This is a challenge for each and every one of us. Are you conformed to this world? Are you being like this world? You know, are you choosing to resemble the world? Are you choosing to be like the world? Do you agree with the world? You know, are you trying to fit into the world? Or have you chosen? not be conformed to this world are you choosing to stand alone to be separate you know god says come out from among them and be separated so we need to be separate we need to be different from the world what about your mind has your mind been renewed or do you still think the way you used to think before you were saying it you know do you still view things the same as 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 before you were born again like as i said i I don't know like some people some people luckily get saved when they're four and five they might think differently as they're growing up very different than, than me. I did not, that, that wasn't my uh, path. I had lots of different thoughts, and most of them were contrary to God and, and His thoughts. So I had to renew my mind. Has your mind been renewed? Have you um, allowed yourself to be transformed by God's Word, by God's Holy Spirit, by the Gospel, by renewing or choosing to renew your mind? Have you identified what God's will for your life is? You know, what, what does God want you to do? Have you have you have you tried doing anything to discover this? Maybe today, you know, maybe this week might be a good week for to, for you to start. You know, are you willing to take up the challenge that that Paul laid out to the church here at Rome, and which is also laid out towards us? And it's quite simple. You know, the challenge is to be who Christ wants you to be. All right, let's pray.